I sent my oldest son off to a youth retreat this weekend. He was hours away. And like at any time when I'm not with him, I really missed him. But with that great distance and for those several days, I was really feeling the disconnect. I'm so glad that he had his gab phone along. I was able to send him a quick text each evening to ask about his day and to tell him that I was praying for him. Have you heard of these things? The gab phones? That's gab, G-A-B-B. They look and feel a lot like a smartphone, but they aren't connected to the internet in any way. A user can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's about it. With the Gab phone, I had peace of mind knowing that I could get a hold of my son all weekend, but that he didn't have access to the internet. And most importantly, the internet didn't have access to him. He wasn't scrolling social media or being sent shady photos from total strangers. He wasn't wasting time playing video games or being taken advantage of by cyber stalkers. If you too are interested in purchasing a regular cell phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can grab 30% off a Gab phone or a Gab watch right now. Head to GabWireless.com and use promo code mom to mom at checkout. That's capital letters. M-O-M-T-O-M-O-M. So once again, go to gabwireless.com and use promo code mom to mom Welcome to the mom to mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast where today we welcome our special guest, Brooke McLaughlin. Brooke McLaughlin is the co-founder of Million Praying Moms, author of five books, including her latest releasing in August of this year, Praying Mom, Making Prayer the First and Best Part of Motherhood. She's wife to the man she's had a crush on since the third grade and mom to their two teenage boys who keep them busy playing baseball and old time music. Brooke, welcome. Thank you so much. Yes, and our focus with you today will definitely be on prayer and more specifically how we can pray for our children. And I love this quote, prayer is not a last resort. It's the first and best response to the challenges of parenting. And I took that quote from your Million Praying Mom seasonal Pray the Word journal that was published by you and your ministry. And I especially love this quote uh, from you, Brooke. When we make Jesus our priority, we release to him the burden of responsibility for our children's future. This quote surely conveys the exact message that we really hope to discuss and share with everyone listening to today's episode. And I just wanna share personally, you know, praying for my children sometimes overwhelms me. I find it easier when I narrow down my prayer time to specific topics for my children, which I know in many of your prayer journals, they are written according to passages of scripture and topics. So. As Kate and Jamie and I visit with you today, maybe you can help us as moms and those listening to think about prayer this way and maybe give us some examples. Yeah, absolutely. So I, my children were born 23 months apart. I have two boys um, and I, I like to call them those boys. They are 
250% boy. They bounce off the walls. Even as teenagers, I, I still think they're, they're those boys, you know, they're, they're uh, challenging. They're, they're very high energy. And it only took me about a year to realize that I needed help in my parenting. I had been a very goal-oriented person. By the time my children were born, I had checked off every major you know, life goal that I had for myself. And I'd always been able to, to get what I wanted out of life by just working really hard. And I was a believer and I had been taught the power of prayer, but I, and I had prayed many, many times before I had my children. But when I had my children, something in my heart switched around. There was a light that went off and I just knew that I couldn't be the kind of mom that I wanted to be if, if I didn't invite God into my life, into, into our family in, an, in a way that I had not really done before. And so um, the first time that I actually found myself praying, I do really love to pray scripture. And, and I think we'll talk more about that later. But um, the first time that happened for me was this very natural situation where I, I just happened to be reading in Ezekiel 36, 26. And that says that God is the one who changes hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. And I thought to myself, well, gosh, that's, that's kind of what I want God to do with my children, right? I want him to change their hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. And, and so I just very naturally began to pray that God, would you please change their hearts of stone to hearts of flesh? And I actually had that prayer written on little sticky notes all over our house. So if we were in the kitchen and we were struggling with lunch that day, then I could pray, God, would you please change their hearts of stone to hearts of flesh? If we were, you know, in their bedroom and, and dealing with a temper tantrum, then I could pray in that moment as a, and have that visible reminder, God, would you please change their hearts of stone to hearts of flesh? And it just, it built from there. And I found, I found that it was so easy for me to look at the scripture and find what I was looking for and what I wanted to pray for my kids. So that's the way it started for me. And it's really developed since then, but such a blessing and gift to me that God did that in, in our lives. That's so encouraging for me to hear about your, your boys. What did you call them again? Your two boys? <laughs> I call them those boys. <laughs> I have two, my two middle boys are, are, I think they're 15 months apart and I call them my sons of thunder. Yes. Because that aptly describes what it's like in my home. Yes, absolutely. They, they have a tendency to get you down on your knees really quickly. My mother-in-law, and she would laugh if she heard me say this, she raised three boys. And, uh, and she said to me one time when they were really little, she said, Brooke, you don't have, I, I also refer to them as hard to handle boys. And um, she said, you don't have hard to handle boys. You just have boys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I reject that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have four boys and they're all different. I yes. think it's a combination of that real close time and age where they, yeah. they're a little bit, I would say, even um, more energy than having twins because mm -hmm. they're not close enough to double up everything, but not far enough apart to be in real different seasons. Yes. They are a gift to me, however, and I just adore them. Oh, yes. And, you know, so much of my prayers in the beginning was... Uh, asking God to change them. And now as I look back, my oldest is, is getting ready to turn 16 and my youngest is getting ready to turn 14. And I think to myself, what a gift that God gave me those hard to handle boys. And I know that there are probably moms of girls 
listening right now that would say, well, my boys are easy. I've got hard to handle girls. Like I totally get that there, that population exists as well. Um, but I'm so glad that God gave them to me because they are the ones that forced me to get down on my knees and pray. And there's so much maturity that has happened in my Christian walk and my walk with the Lord that, that, you know, came through that. And so I'm, I'm eternally grateful that God gave me difficult boys. Amen. I love that Brooke. And, you know, I, I was the mother of a girl, so I had no experience with boys. And now my daughter has five kids, four of whom are boys. Mm. So we are getting the, j- just lots of experience now with four little grandsons who are just wild and crazy and wonderful. And they're all under 10. So it's, it's, it's a whole new world with boys. I mean, they are very different than girls. I mean, just put it that way. So it's uh, yeah, it's a wild world over here when they all come over, they kind of descend and we just know, okay, just, you know, just whatever preconceived plans you might've had for the day, just sort of throw them out because they're going to take over, but it's wonderful. It really is just kind of a, a whole new world, but we love, we just love having them. It's a blessing. But, you know, I I loved hearing you say that you love to pray scripture over your children because I always did that with our daughter. And I think it's so powerful and I still do that. Um, But but how where do you recommend starting for the mom that maybe that's a new thing for her? How do you how what, what can you what can you where do you tell her to start with that? Yeah, absolutely. I love to tell this story because it's so powerful. When I first started praying for my kids. Um, I had been walking with the Lord closely for probably 10 years, maybe 10, 12 years. I had been saved since I was nine. I had really turned my heart over to the Lord and my life over to the Lord when I was around 2021. And so um, I knew two things to be true. I knew several things, but these two things came to the forefront uh, to be true about the word of God. One is that it was living and active. It was alive. It was not like any other book that I had ever read. Um, It had the power to actually discern the thoughts and intentions of my heart and that of my children. So I knew that that was true. And I also knew that it would not return void, but that it would do exactly what God intended for it to do. So with those two things in mind, I thought to myself very consciously, this was very intentional. I thought, what better thing could there be to pray with those things in mind than God's word itself? And so after I began to see the fruit of praying Ezekiel 36, 26, and how that uh, began to open my mind to other things, I I started looking for other things to pray in the word. And in the beginning, and I will say, this is a practice that I still do uh, usually once or twice a year, even today. And as I said, my oldest son's getting ready to turn 16. So this has been a, a long thing that I've done. I started out very simply with a notebook and a piece of paper I mean, excuse me, a notebook and a, and a pencil and my Bible. And I wrote down the character traits or the, the sinful things that I saw in my children's lives that I really wanted to ask God to work on. And then I would try and flip those things around to not just praying, God, will you do away with this evil thing? God, will you do away with this, this negative thing? But I wanted to pray the, the positive flip side of it. So I tried to flip it around so that I was looking at the positive and then try to find verses about that in the word. And, and I will say that sometimes I hear from moms that it's very, they feel like the thing that their child is going through, that they can't find that word in the Bible. But a lot of times, if you boil it down, you know, the, the language of the Bible is not necessarily the same language that we speak 
today. So if you really look at what you're saying, a lot of times a, a deeper look at synonyms or, you know, that kind of thing can help you find the root word that you're looking for in the Bible. And then you can find something that, that is speaking to that. And I always wanted to be very careful not to take verses out of context. So I would look at that and try to find uh, verses that really spoke to what I wanted God to accomplish in the hearts of my children. And so I would start out with a list of maybe 10 things that I was praying for, for them in that season, go to the concordance of my Bible, find verses that I wanted to use. And then I just kind of wove them into one big, long prayer for my children. And a lot of times they were just word for word, Lord, will you do this verse in my children's hearts? Or I would insert their name somewhere in the verse. And I quite literally wrote them down on, I would, you know, typed them into my computer, printed them out, and I had them hanging outside of my children's rooms so that every night as I put my kids to bed, I would stand outside of their doors and lay my hands on their doors and pray these verses over them before they went to bed at night. And that's how it started. Um, and it's continued that way throughout their, throughout their lives. There are verses that I tend to pray for them over and over and over again, but, um, but that's really the way it started. And it was just as simple as, as asking the Lord to show me what they needed to be a student of my children and know them well enough um, that I knew what they were struggling with and then to go to God's word and find what it had to say about that and turn it into a prayer. That's so simple, but so powerful, Brooke. Now, when you would, would you, when you would pray those prayers over your children at night, would you pray it out loud so that they could hear it? Yes. I, that's that's something that's very important to me is, is praying out loud. I did not, I was raised in a Christian home. I have wonderful Christian parents, but, and I know that they prayed for me. I know that they did, but we did not pray out loud together as a family very often. And so uh, I didn't experience the power of being prayed for out loud until I was probably in graduate school. I had a, uh, a roommate that would pray for me. It just sit me down, lay hands on me and pray out loud for me. And that was life changing for me. It taught me how to pray out loud, it helped me get over mm -hmm. fears of praying out loud or sounding silly or those kind of things. And it, it became a passion of mine that my children would be raised in a home where there was a lot of prayer. We always did that with our daughter. We believed, you know, I didn't come to the Lord till a little bit later in life. I was 29. I was not raised in a strong Christian home, but that the scripture that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we we've taken that to be very personal. And we've always believed that that's where you're going to see the changes when you're speaking it, speaking it over your child, over ourselves. I do that over myself. I, I've never been, I've never been afraid to put my name right in there, to put our daughter's name right in there. Put your children's name right in the scripture. There's nothing wrong with that. Let them hear that. I think it's so powerful, Brooke. And I bet you're already seeing the fruit of that in your children's lives where you're seeing them begin to express those things that you've been praying for them for years. It's mm -hmm. a, the word is powerful and it doesn't return to us void. So I love that you're doing that because we did that and we, we see it, we see it with our daughter now and we're starting, we're starting to see if her kids are still little, but you know, I know that we will see that fruit with them as time goes on. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I find that when I pray very specific things over my children, the Lord convicts me of those same areas in my own life. And so the, the fruit returns doubly fold. 
But, you know, as we're praying for our kids, especially for those of us who have little ones, it can sometimes feel like, man, I'm not seeing any immediate results. We're in this culture of, you know, right away, quick fixes. And prayer is a lifetime work. It's a, it's a lifetime journey with the Lord. And I think sometimes when moms are in the planting season, they expect to see the harvest right away. What would you say to that mom, Brooke, who is praying but needs to remember the longevity and have perseverance, um, as well as just learning to trust God's faithfulness? And um, she's maybe grown weary and not seeing those immediate results. What would you say to that mom? Because now, now you have um, a child who's almost 16. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you're starting to see the fruit, but I would imagine you didn't see it immediately. Yeah, I I think that's a fantastic question. And if you have young listeners, this is the question of their heart. And so I think it's a fantastic one. And I I wish that, you know, dear listener, I wish that we were sitting down over a cup of coffee together. I wish that you could see my face. I wish that you can, you know, hopefully you'll be able to, to hear my tone of voice. But, but I really think that answering this question requires a little bit of biblical correction. Um, And I say that, as a mom who very much wanted prayer to change my children. In fact, I started, as I mentioned earlier, I started praying out of a desperation for God to change my children. So I have so much compassion for the moms that you're referring to right now. That said, I think that many Christians today have a misunderstanding of what prayer is and and maybe even a misunderstanding of who God is. Prayer is not Burger King, right? (laughs) It's not... It is not a have it your way kind of transaction. Um, so I'd like, let me tell you a little story to illustrate what I'm talking about. Um, for almost 16 years, um, since my oldest was born, I have danced between Thanksgiving and frustration that I cannot be the person to change their hearts. On the one hand, I'm eternally grateful that God is the one uh, who secures their salvation, that 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 is something that rests in his capable hands. He is so much more capable and more powerful than I am. And so I rest in that, that he's he's in control of that. But on the other hand, I have often, and I do mean often, wished that I could snap my fingers and change their hearts in an instant so that I can, so that they can see what I can see. And frankly, so that my own life would be a little bit easier. And I think we can all identify with that. We have times when we just need or just really, really want God to do something. And we lose sight of the fact that, that he called us to him to be a part of and to further his kingdom and not our kingdom. And so it's that bigger worldview that we so often lose sight of. And I would say maybe the easiest time to lose sight of that is when you have little ones who are stretching and straining or when you're in a difficult and challenging situation. But, you know, according to Ezekiel 36, 26, which, you know, to keep going back to that, um, God is the one who works in the hearts of our children and it's on his timetable, not on ours. We as parents have the privilege of coming alongside him. And I hope that you know, I, I see that as such a beautiful privilege that God would allow us to, to partner with him that way. Um, and we forget that, that it is that he invites us to do that. But our prayer, prayer lives 
kind of uncomfortably at that intersection where God's sovereignty, his sovereign power, and our God-given influence meet together. And it, it is uncomfortable there sometimes. And the reality is that most of the time, change doesn't happen instantly. I found myself when I was, you know, the boys were really young saying, God, why aren't you answering me? Why aren't you doing this? I've been praying faithfully. Why aren't you, you know, giving me the answer to my prayers? And I forgot that no and not yet are answers. They are valid answers, but I wanted yes all the time. God always answers us, but sometimes it's no and not yet. And there's real beauty in that as well. As we wait for God to move, as we grow, we stretch, we learn to endure, we learn to persevere. And Jamie, I believe, as you said earlier, God changes us. I went to God asking him to change my children and to change their hearts. He ended up changing mine. And along the way, I have seen some of that fruit happen, but it's, it's always for the long haul. Prayer is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Imagine the world change that would take place if we moms did the knee-bending work of prayer for our homes. If we spent just as much time praying as we do providing perfect childhoods, perfect days, perfect dinners. Our kids need perfection, that's true, but it won't ever be found in us. That's a gift only Jesus can lavish on them. If Kate, September, and I could encourage you in just one thing, it would be prayer. Nothing will be more powerful in the life of your kids and in your relationship with them than bringing them to the throne of the all-powerful one who can move heaven and earth on their behalf. To help direct your thoughts to specific prayer points found in Scripture, we've put together a month-long series of prayer cards called 30 Days of Prayer for My Child. Each card contains a prayer theme, a verse that correlates with that theme, and a brief sample prayer to help you call upon God to be faithful to His Word in light of your kids. To grab a set of your own, head to September and Co. Shop on Etsy. Pray for your kids today, because if you're not praying for them, who will be? One thing that I have to re always remind myself, you know, I'm really quick to say, God, I relinquish, you know, the eternal forevers of my children to you. I trust you in that. But then I'm so quick to snatch them back for the day-to-day. -day. You know, why can't I trust him here in this day-to-day -day? why does it seem that the eternal forever is easier? I still haven't come up with the right answer to that question, but we're all a work in progress, including myself, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think a prayer is something progressive also. You know, when you begin with these simple steps for those of us that are listening, maybe that don't know where to begin, we never really leave that place. Like we always go back to the simpleness of it. And it really made me teary just to even hear you say that because it's such an, uh, it's such a release for me. Prayer is such a release of my, my motherhood, my parenting, what I'm carrying on my heart. And as much as it is about my children, I think, and we've said this already, I feel for me, it's a, a purposeful partnership 
but it's also a place where I can just share my burdens. You know, I'm not praying specifically just for my child. I'm praying that my heart will not be so heavy and carrying these things and thinking that I'm in control of them. So um, prayer is so multifaceted, but I think when we begin the journey, it's just, for me, it's very emotional, just listening to you talk about praying outside your children's door. I don't, that's the greatest gift we can give to our, our children. And then if they hear us, you know, as well, which leads me to um, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is how do we begin to teach our children to pray? You know, for moms, you know, that are unfamiliar with these steps, maybe this is new for them, what prayer is, how to begin praying for our children. But um, a lot of people say, I don't know how to teach my children to pray. Is there something they should say? Is there a right and wrong way? Should I have them read something? When do we do this? You know, just baseline. And then as they get older, of course, they're following our example. But um, what, what would you share with mom listening today, Brooke? Yeah, I would say that it reverts back to something we've already touched on, and that is to pray out loud as a family. That's one of the best things because our children model us in so many things. I remember a story when my oldest was probably, I, gosh, I don't think he could have been more than about four years old. And my, my oldest was a big talker. He started talking very early and he was very verbal and still is very verbal. But um, we, we were having a hard time, he and I, that day. My husband was at work and, and we were just not getting along that day. And he had this table. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys remember the Lightning McQueen movies. Um, that was one of his favorite movies. And when he was really little, he called it Lime de Queen because he couldn't say Lightning McQueen, it was Lime de Queen. And so he had a, a Lime de Queen table that he loved to sit at uh, in, in the kitchen. It was his little place where he would eat. And he kept that day, he kept trying to get on top of it. He wanted to stand on it and play around and dance and shake and, you know, do all these things on it. And I, I thought he's going to break something. And so I kept trying to get him off of it. And as the day went on, he kept disobeying me over and over and over again, getting up on that table. And I got so mad at him at one point. And this is not something I'm proud of, but it was a moment um, that I just took the table and I just like chucked it outside. I just took the table and threw it out the door. It's <laughs> like, fine, if we can't get off the table, then we're not going to have the table in the house. Well, I'm sure you guys know what happened next, right? Immediately the conviction of the Holy Spirit came. And I was like, oh my goodness, did I really just do that? And he had watched me do it. And he's, you know, his little face is just there crying and upset because his Lund Queen table has been thrown out the kitchen door. And so I, I picked him up and walked him to the, to the couch. And I said, sweetie, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And in this moment, I looked at him and I said, would you pray for mommy? And he laid his little four-year-old hands on me. <clears throat> and he said, Jesus, would you help mommy? She's so mad and she needs you. And that was about all it was. But I knew in that moment that he had been listening. He was listening. I always wanted my children to know how much I needed Jesus. That I, and I did a fantastic job and still do of showing them how much I need Jesus. But <laughs> case in point, the Lambda Queen table. But, um, but, but I know that they're listening. And I know that there's some of your listeners who, who would say, I just, I can't pray out loud. I can't do it. I don't know how. I, I feel so silly. And I would just so lovingly say to them, get over that. Because it's one of the best things that you can do for your kids. A few years ago, we had... A family uh, family member, actually it was a friend of our family 
who was sick with some kind of mystery illness. And so we all as a family went over to their house and we had asked them beforehand if we could come over and pray for them. And the, the, the friend who was sick sat in a chair and we all kind of stood around him and just laid hands on him and prayed. And, and it was very clear to me um, as I watched some of the other family members and the children of that family, that there was not a lot of praying that was happening out loud in their home because their children did not know how to pray. They had no idea. They were visibly uncomfortable and it was very awkward for them. And, and so if we make it normal, if we make prayer a normal part of the rhythms of our days, if we are open with our kids and share with them how much we need Jesus and we prove it when we ask him to help us in the moments of our days, they will pick it up eventually. And the good thing is while your kids are still little, they don't know that you're doing it quote unquote wrong. If you right. feel like you're stumbling, they have no idea. So they are the perfect audience to practice the habit of praying out loud. Absolutely. So I feel like some moms listening have heard about your prayer journal and prayer journaling. Let's chat about this for a little bit because I keep a prayer journal and, and most of the impetus behind that was just, I found that my mind could focus more on what I needed to pray if my body was doing the actual act of writing it down. Otherwise my mind just wanders to the, you know, the to-do list of the day or a million other things. So do you have any any tips, any how-tos um, maybe to help that time, help our prayer journaling be more beneficial? What does it look like um, when you sit down to pray and use your yeah, journal? Absolutely. I, I fell in love with prayer journaling several years ago. And as it turns out, there's actual science that backs up what you just said. Um, when we take the time to write out our thoughts, we actually engage with them on an entirely different brain level than if we're just thinking about it or if it's a fleeting thought, or even if we speak it, there is something about writing it down. And so I was that girl in school who like, I've always been a writer, even before I was an official writer. Uh, I always felt like I learned better when I wrote things down, when I had to do a paper, I always, you know, just thought that I felt like I was engaging with it more. And, and that followed me into my prayer life. Um, and I really believe that it's important. It, it kind of is the process of Hebrews 4.12 working out in our lives, the, the living and active word of God working out in our lives. Um, so for me, when, when I'm prayer journaling, and this is, this is the format that we use inside uh, most of our resources at Million Praying Moms, I really like to journal using a format that we call the Think, Pray, Praise uh, format for daily prayer. So the think part is where I'm just reading the verse um, of that day that I'm praying, or maybe um, in, inside of our journals, whether they're topical journals or anything else, we have the, the, the verses and the prayer written down for you. So I'm thinking about that verse and I'm trying to understand it. Sometimes I'll take a few minutes and read the entire chapter of the Bible uh, that it comes from, or if I am limited on time, I might just read a few verses before, a few verses after, just to make sure that I'm understanding it in context of what it's actually trying to say. So I'm spending some time thinking about it, applying it, understanding it. Um, if it's a hard verse, I might even pull out a, you know, a Bible commentary and try to understand it in a, in a deeper way. And then I began to pray that back to the Lord. Um, and it's really interesting how organic how organically that begins to happen. 
when you're deeply thinking about a verse or a passage of scripture and how it applies to your life and what it teaches you about God, it's almost like it just bubbles up in you organically to pray that, yes, Lord, please do this in our lives. Yes, Lord, please make me more like this. Give me a gentle and quiet spirit. Give me, you know, um, <clears throat> all, all those things. Whatever you're, whatever you're reading, it just begins to bubble up because you begin to see that God is at work and can work through his word. So that's the next phase is just praying it back to him. I write out a prayer um, based on, on that particular verse or passage uh, that is just an expression of my heart back to God. God gave me his word. I'm just praying it back to him. And then finally, I like to end my time prayer journaling with praise. Um, I really feel like praise is, is underestimated. Sometimes, sometimes finding things to praise God for is an act of will, but it's there. And especially if you're in a season where things are hard or challenging, it can really be the difference. Uh, you know, three out of the four of us are wearing glasses in this, in this particular interview. It can really be like putting glasses on. Um, when you intentionally look for things to praise God about, and maybe, maybe that day, all you can praise God for is his word. Thank you, Lord, for your word that gives, that gives me life and breath. Thank you for giving me everything I need uh, to be able to do this, this life. Thank you for walking beside me. Thank you that you never leave me. You never forsake me. But if you look really hard, you'll find things to be thankful for. So I find that ending my time in, in my prayer journal with that intentional time of praise really helps me just put those glasses snugly and firmly on to then be able to go out and tackle the rest of my day. Um, before we close with Kate's last question, I wanted to just ask you if you have some specific verses uh, that moms can maybe keep before them, whether they write them out, put them on those post-it notes around their home. And then I don't mean necessarily prayers that they're praying for their children, but maybe verses for them in for them in motherhood, you know, with um, hard days or things that they can hold on to to re remember God's faithfulness. I don't know if you have a few, maybe we can just list here in today's podcast. I know there's a lot. We have some listed in our own um, resources at mom to mom podcast, but maybe you have some today, Brooke, that you can share. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorites as a mom is Ephesians 118. And it says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And that, that verse actually goes on from there and it's beautiful even. So I would, I would recommend reading the rest of it too. But there's a few things in that verse that I like to pray for myself. And one is that God would keep my, keep my eyes open or keep, keep the eyes of my heart enlightened. Help me to see the things that I can't see. Um, you know, and, and also I, this is when I also pray for my children too. Um, I also pray frequently, Lord, help me to, to remember the hope that you've called me to, um, the hope of your salvation, because salvation is a one-time thing, but it's also an ongoing thing where we can find joy. If you can't find joy in anything else, you can find joy in your salvation. Sometimes that's enough, uh, and it should be enough that, that God has done that for us. Um, and what are the riches of his glorious, this, this glory and glorious inheritance that we have when I get bogged down in the day to day, it's helpful for me to take my eyes off of that and put them on the gift that God's given me. So that's, that's one for me that I pray often. Um, another one is first Corinthians two sixteen, And it says for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. That's something I've been praying for myself a lot over the last few years. Lord, give me the mind of Christ 
Help me to see my children the way you see them. Help me to think the way you think, Lord. Help me to think about this situation or what's happening in our home or what's happening in their lives the way that you think about it. Give me the ability to see this the way that you see it. That's been another one. And probably one of my favorites is Psalm 141.3, which says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I feel like I, I pray almost daily. Lord, would you place a guard over my mouth? <laughs> Just don't let me say anything that's not of you, Lord. Help me help my words to be directed by you because I'm a I'm a talker and a, a verbal processor. And and sometimes it's especially with boys, I've found sometimes it's better to say less than 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 to say more. And so I'm constantly saying, Lord, just place a guard over my mouth. Shut me up when I need to stop talking. <laughs> so those are three that are important Thank to you. me. Yeah, those are good. I wrote those down. We can put those at the end of our show notes of this episode also on Mom to Mom podcast. Yeah, Brooke, why don't you share with us your resources and where we can find them and, and maybe even a little bit about your next book that's coming out in August. Yeah, I'd love to. So you can find me at millionprayingmoms.com. We are Million Praying Moms on Instagram. We're Million Praying Moms on Facebook. Um, I have my own website at brookmclaughlin.net and um, lots of resources there. We also have a shop, christianmomshop.com that has all kinds of fun prayer related resources. That's where you can find our prayer journals, there are some that are topical. There are some that are praying through specific books of the Bible. Um, we'd love for you to intersect with those and, and use some of those. Um, my next book that releases in early August is called Praying Mom, Making Prayer the First and Best Part of Motherhood. And this book, I, I love this book. Um, several years ago, we did a survey of our readership at Million Praying Moms, and we asked them a very simple question. We said, if you believe that you should be praying, but you are not, why? And we got thousands of replies back. And some of them were, you know, what you would expect. Some of them were from, you know, the moms of littles that said, I barely have time to take a bath, much less, <laughs> much less pray. You know, I can't even go to the bathroom by myself. How, when am I supposed to find time to pray? You know, we got a lot of those and, and those are real issues and, and, and are, we needed to address them. But some of the others, were really, really deep. Like just, I sat and kind of wept as I read them. There were moms that said, you know what? I've prayed for the same thing for 20 years and I just have lost faith that God's even hearing my prayers anymore. Um, just things that revealed a real lack uh, of, of uh, relationship, a, a deep wound, a hurt in their relationship with the Lord. And so we compiled those into seven areas that we saw happening over and over and over again in the responses. And this book, Praying Mom, is a response to those. It is a way to help you understand these challenges and overcome them so that you can have the kind of vibrant prayer life that you, that you know you want to have. Um, so it's written to moms that are, that are in theory already believers, but are just struggling in, in their prayer life. And it's a really deep book. There are some, um, there are some parts of it that I think will be a kick in the pants and, but a good one. It'll be a way to look deeply at what's happening in your heart, to reveal, to ask God, to reveal what the real issue is. And one of my favorite parts of the book is that people like September, um, have contributed to it. So one of the things that I found early on is that I have not personally struggled with every single one of those challenges. And so I invited moms like September to come and share in the areas that I did not struggle in. So for example, September would share, and then I do some teaching, and then September comes back at the end 
and, and talks about the resolution and how God met her in the midst of that part of her story and helped her to overcome. And so for each chapter, I have a contributor that has helped me tell that story and kind of set the tone for the book. And I just love that feature because the issue of prayer is so much bigger than just me. And I love having their voices in the book. So I'm very excited about this one. And I really hope that God will use it to get moms on track and, and show them the power of having that daily prayer life and, and what they're missing out on if they don't have it. And you have a new podcast that you've just launched. I Tell do. us about that before we I close do. today. Thank you. The podcast is called She Prays. Um, I have been wanting to find a way to use that phrase for years. <laughs> and so, <laughs> we've had it on that burner for years. <clears throat> and so I finally just said, you know what? I wanted to do some, uh, we, we have a podcast at Million Praying Moms that Erin Mooring and I do together that's month, a monthly feature. And I really wanted to do some deeper teaching just on the subject of prayer and really intersecting like with a person's life and what is it and, and how is it supposed to work and exploring deeper issues of prayer and helping people understand how it works. And so I launched this, uh, this podcast called She Prays. It's not just for moms, it's for all women. And it's been really, really exciting. I actually only have one episode that's up right now, but there's getting ready to be a few more. And uh, I'm thrilled to be able to have the opportunity to teach some of what God's taught me over the years about this, this subject that's really precious to me. Mm. We'll definitely share those links and all of the information and some of the resources and quotes and especially the verses that you shared with the moms today for prayer. Brooke, thank you. Before we close the episode, though, we do want to remind you to check out our prayer cards for moms as we pray for our children. You can find the 30 Days of Prayer cards at September and Co. Shop on Etsy. And for those listening to this specific episode, we have a special discount code for you to use in the shop, and that's PRAYER15. You can go to our podcast for the link for that to get those prayer cards for you. And in um, light of our episode today, we're just going to ask Brooke if she would mind closing our episode with prayer for the moms listening and for their children. Amen. Yeah, I'd love to. Lord, thank you so much. Um, I know that you see into the life and heart of every single mom that's listening right now. Lord, in Psalm 116 too, you tell us that you are the God who bends down to listen. And I love the imagery of that, Lord. I love to, to the truth of the idea that you're, you are bent over with your ear inclined to us, listening and seeing what's happening in our lives. And for that mom right now, Lord, that might be listening to this podcast, who wonders if you're there, who wonders um, does God see what's happening? Does God care? I pray that that verse would be a comfort to you and that you would know that God is not up in heaven wondering what in the world to do about what's going on in your life. He is building his kingdom and he has chosen you to be a part of it. And, and whatever he's asking you to walk through right now is just a piece of that that will bring life and, and, um, and purpose, Lord, uh, to, to, to his kingdom. And so we're we're just lifting that mom up right now, Lord, and asking you to bless her and, and fill her with truth. Um, I pray, Lord, that in the moments where it's hard to see, that it's hard to, um, to see what you're doing, that the moms that are listening would turn to your word and find the truth there and pray it back to you. Lord, it's just, um, it's just a beautiful way for you to work and live and move uh, in our lives. And so we, uh, we thank you, Lord, for the way that you do that. We thank you that you're so personal to us 
And we thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, who died for us and for our children. Lord, we pray for the, the children of the moms that are listening right now. Would you raise them up to be mighty warriors for your kingdom? I pray and ask that each one that's represented uh, would come to know you and, and follow you all the days of their lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.